Fuck pain, fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, it's time for a much-needed Rich and Bolelli chat. He's got a lot of goodies, including Danielli's single father strolls with baby Isabella revealed a single parent double standard, the importance of dialing in a correct approach when helping someone with problems, list making, California genocide, and how to hold your nose and vote for the lesser of two evils, because the time has come. Here we go. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. Welcome back, everybody. Another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast, episode 188. It's a Rich and Bolelli episode. It's uh, still August here, and it's actually the warmest it's been. It was reading in the mid-90s, but in the shade, with the breeze, even on a hot day like this, it's pretty damn pleasant out here. Yeah, last week, forget the 90s. Last week, I had the day of 109. uh, Nights in the 90s, long after the sun has gone down. So last week, yeah, you would cook. It was it uh, was bad, and the humidity was yeah. way up. Was that crazy Mexican? Yeah. Was it? Hu- it was. Uh, it was, was intense. It was pretty rough out in Oxnard. It did get to 83 one afternoon. Oh, you lucky bastard! No, and here it was. To turn f- yeah, it cooks over here. Here it was just brutal. It was. I mean, when it gets to 109, which is you know in uh, Celsius, is well like 42, three somewhere around there. Yeah. Let's start getting intense. And it's not like f- that temperature by the sea or the ocean where you can just hop in and you cool yourself down. And No, it's intense. So, <laughs> But in any case, no bitching about the weather. No, uh, we we will instead to. say some thank you to the sweet folks who have donated to us. So thank you so much for supporting. And here we go. I'm going to twist the names today. Let the pottering begin. Yanni Linema. Luis Pesquera. Jesse Rentakangas, Thomas Hoffman, Aaron Wisner, Sean Palmer, Clayton Payne, Christopher Parcell, Stephen McKee, Jonathan Waterlow, Scott Gowderday, Ross Cranham, Frederick Hahn, Frederico Rosie, Lisa Robles, Nick Zunick, Andre Garapetian, Garapathian, geez, that's a good one. Gregory Richmond, Thomas Robinson, Astis Juska, Nicola Tongi, Dwayne Hales, John Weiss, Rosemary Lee, and Samuel Ridadelli. That was quite a bit of butchering right there. So thank you, everybody. That was just, it's too kind, and we sure appreciate it, and it helps it keep going. Along with that, also what else helps keep me going is our Amazon link. If you buy anything on Amazon, please use dbamazing.com. Again, the letter D, the letter B, the word amazing.com. DBAmazing. Help us a whole bunch. Um, PayPal, like 
you know, the folks who have donated, you can use paypal.me forward slash dbolelli. Those are all great things. And also it helps if you want to check out some of the people who have been supporting us with products and things like that. So we got, here is our current list. If you want mats to create a home gym, especially if you do martial art, zebraathletics.com, those guys are superstars. They provide mats to some of the top facilities in the world. Check them out. They are phenomenal. They even do custom stuff if you want your logo on the mats or anything like that. It's beautiful. Zebraathletics.com. Good, phenomenal quality drinking water. Beyond02water.com. Again, beyond02water.com. Use the code DB50 to get a discount. Again, DB50. If you do get to try it, please shoot me an email. I want to see what you think. How, you know, you dig the water. What's I'm excited right now. They are we're recording episodes back to back, so you may have heard about my plumbers installing the filter as as we speak. It's still happening because only <laughs> even though two weeks have gone since the last episode, only three minutes have gone since we recorded the previous intro. But I'm very excited to get to try it because good quality water is not the stuff I skimp on. I might bring my water jug over and sneak up to your hose pipe out front. We shall have to try. <laughs> Grasslandbeef.com for supplying us with phenomenal steaks, chicken, fish, all the good stuff. And of course, short design t-shirts for the funkiest, coolest t-shirts on the planet. If you think you may be interested in any of this stuff, you would do us a huge favor by checking them out in the episode notes and use whatever discount link is available when it's available. Not everybody has it. Some of those have it. Having said all that... Shall we get rolling? Here we go. It just goes to show you, you don't know. That inspired me to tackle a topic. Here we go. Let's jump. So today we're just going to jump into a whole bunch of different topics. Uh, We are chatting off the mic and Rich mentioned something regarding child rearing. Mm. Since I just had a child rearing win uh, a few hours ago, I might as well share it in case it's of use to anybody. Excellent. So it was interesting because in California, like, many many other places around the world definitely around the u.s schools are closed because you know you cannot do in-person stuff since the covid numbers are too high everything is happening online and um he's at one point this morning at a complete meltdown on day three of school day yeah i think day three of school online because literally all she did is she had mistyped the website and she was like, there is no website for this thing. We have this assignment to do. And she just had sobbing meltdown for half hour, right? Which obviously wasn't about the website. It wasn't about the website, not loading or any of that. Is There's other stuff that she that's weighing heavily on her and she probably didn't have a chance to express it emotionally the way she needs to and so she found an excuse to just let it all out right it's funny how that happens isn't it i mean 
it's like if I didn't understand what was happening, I would have probably freaked out a little more or even be mad. Like, hey, what the hell are you so mad about? It's nothing. What are you making a big deal about? It's literally less than nothing. Why are you? But then I'm like, it's, that's not what's going on. There's something else that she needs to get out of her chest. And and I resisted a classic impulse that's uh, one thing that particularly women tend to complain about men a lot, which is wanting to rush to solve the problem. Like that if you say something like... Now it's all better. Yeah, it's like, let me show you why you shouldn't be upset. Let oh. me show you how I can <laughs> fix it. Let me show you how... And it's good to get there. It's not good to start there. No. It's not a bad idea sometimes to slow down, take a deep breath, listen to and then let the person express what they are feeling. And then take another break and let them express it some more. And then just ask a gentle, no leading question where you're just purely, what do you need? And in his case, it was interesting because anytime she tried to start explaining something, she would just go into pure hyperventilate. So I would be like, no, no, don't. Don't worry about it. You don't need to explain shit to me. Let's just breathe together. Just work with me. Let's just focus on our breathing and let's just do that for a while. And that's it. And I just held there and we just did that and just breathe in, breathe out and whatever. And then eventually she was, you know, she calmed down. I was like, okay, can you explain what the problem was to me? She explained it to me. I'm like, you mistyped the website. Let me fix it for you. Done. It's fixed. And uh, of course it's goofy and she laughs because she realized how goofy it is. And she realized also, however, that... She needed it. So it wasn't like, oh, how stupid I made a mistake. It's, no, that stuff needed to come out one way or another. So yeah. you found a great excuse. If it wasn't that, something else would have done, but whatever, as long as you get it out, because that's important too. And it was interesting for me because I tend to be, I tend to react emotionally to things a little too much. I tend to be more reactive than I like to be more just let me jump on it right away what's the problem what are and just get really all worked up which doesn't help when somebody's already worked up on their own and so to really kind of be able to slow down a second and just realize what's going on no rush to a fix just felt good I mean, felt good for me because I was surprised by, hey, I actually handled one well. I know, once in a while. But even more importantly, felt good because it was exactly what she needed. And I was really happy to be able to deliver, you know. And I was like, okay, there's something there. And I don't know if it's a coincidence or not. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But you know how in the last episode, the previous episode before this one, we had uh, Hishtar Rawal on and we're talking about meditation and stuff. I, that's what I've been doing for the last whatever three weeks, month, something. I'm trying. You know, I said that I would start meditating on a daily for I don't know three decades, probably. <laughs> Never done it, right? And um, and it was interesting because uh, I mean, I think we kind of mentioned the story last time, but like he literally reached out out of the blue, going like. I feel that I need to teach about meditation just at a time when I was having that conversation with somebody like, man, I need to stop talking about it. I need it like I need oxygen here. It's funny how that works. And uh, and the great part about it was the accountability factor. Is that how you say that word in uh -huh. English? Yeah. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah. Because if you just share something told me go do it on your own the reality is that it's something i've resisted so much that i wouldn't yep. you know i would find so initially it was literally him holding me by the hand and going like 
we are on Zoom. Let's close our eyes. Let's meditate. Let's do this, right? And, you know, it was just the process of putting me there, helping me go through the process of... Because otherwise, if I was on my own, I know that all I have to do is press the button, sit there, not do anything, yep. but I still don't do it. And then Primal Rage 3 on the internet would call. Yeah. You'd have to go kill some cannibals. Yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> and instead, the gig becomes... Um, you know, building a habit is hard. I think that's one of the things that... That's why sometimes... Um, it's helpful when you want to build a habit to have somebody else you do that with. Yeah, because they hold you responsible. Yeah. And get you to, you know, ah, ah, it's 3.30. Yep. Even the first few days when I wasn't, you know, after the Zoom thing, then the next day I don't have him on Zoom. So how do I do it? I would literally ask Isabella to sit with me and we hug and we just breathe. So it's medit cuddle meditation, I guess. You know, it's like That may be a new thing. And he was... Uh, and it felt good, you know, and it and it helped because again, I was like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. He's please make me do it, you know, help me out and just sit with me. And then she would, and now I'm like, look at that. Now I can do it because you are here helping me through the process. And it's always better to have somebody hold your feet to the fire a little bit. Yeah. And I must admit, I mean, my sleep schedule has just been destroyed. Mm -hmm. But I need to be up at by, you know, 8.30 to get the garden watered, or you really don't yeah. want to do it during the daytime. And, you know, have Gretchen there and say, oh, it's 8.30, and it doesn't matter if I've only been asleep for two hours. This has to be done. Yep. And, of course, it'll be grumble, grumble, grumble. Of course. Like, nope, nope. And I get up and go do it. And by the time I'm down there with the hose on, of course this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So there's something to it that, you know, we can hammer about willpower all we want, and yeah, it can be done, but it's so much easier if you can get somebody to help you out. Somebody you trust, clearly, somebody that, somebody to help you. That's why even like going to the gym, well, not that nobody, anybody goes to the gym during COVID, but you know what I yeah. mean? Like even a workout schedule, even something, getting, getting somebody to do that with you or getting somebody that you check with, with each other, even if, you know, you live far apart, but there's Zoom, there's Skype, there's stuff like that. You get on a call, you start the process. There's something powerful about that uh, developing a habit, or in some cases, undeveloping a habit. Yep, there's that too. Right? There's going um, that direction as well. And sometimes you don't get, maybe it's not just direct help, it's just having them there not doing it. It's like, yep. just give, oh, I'll show you. <laughs> friend of mine who shall not be named for privacy reasons has been struggling with alcohol a lot, badly. And uh, some of it was just on a daily basis, just have a call of no judgment whatsoever. You do what you got to do, but let's keep track. How many drinks today? Uh, can we drop it by one in the next four days? Whatever you're drinking, can we just go down by one? Not immediately, not even just... So no total pressure, just a little push in the right direction. Yeah, and because the problem is, you know, there are many other things that one could and should do, right? There's therapy, but he tried, didn't work. He tried the same again, didn't work. There's no medical insurance, so there's that problem. There's, So, you know, there are many, many other things you can do that are, so I'm not recommending that this is the, just check out the way to get rid of drugs and alcohol the Bolelli way. No, that's not it at all. Send that's, them to me. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> but Having somebody that, again, with no judgment, having that conversation with, having that 
keeping track of where you're at on a daily basis, having to kind of honestly report and give the, it helps. It really, really helps in slowly either building a new habit that you have a hard time building or undoing a bad habit that you want to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. It's the importance of having that person. Yeah. And it all goes around. We've said it since the very beginning. This whole crisis of loneliness and people, you know, just sheltering themselves and sitting with their computer and wasting their own lives away. Mm -hmm. You've got to have an ally. You've got to have somebody, and maybe even if it is by Skype or, you know, it doesn't have to be totally in person. But you're right. If you have somebody that will check in on you every two, three days, yep. you could probably beat almost anything. It does. Or at least you're going to have a way better chance at it. Absolutely. And, again, I think it goes hand in hand with what we said first. We're under attack. Yeah. Which is the, um, the person helping you out can't be too judgmental can't be too result-driven and be on your ass too hard if you didn't get it done. Because, I mean, again, people people's psychological triggers are differently. Some people respond well to that pressure, to the you have been a bad boy, whack kind of thing. Yeah, that ain't mine. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, and <laughs> so leave the suit at home. It's extremely important to understand what's the right emotional tone for that person. Do they need to be pushed harder or do they need to have more a gentle approach? And I've discovered, you know, I've definitely had family member going through struggles for a good 10 years now. Mm -hmm. And at first it was just like, God damn it, why can't you get this straight? What's your problem with it? And that's not helpful. No. And I learned that. And but the funny to thing their is shock, now yeah. when, when they stumble and mm -hmm. they fall down, I don't get mad and crazy. Right. I get upset and I feel bad and there's disappointment that I wish I could do better to help them. Right. Which I realize isn't really my fault or my responsibility. Well, it, it is my, my responsibility. Sure, sure. But just when they mess up and they don't just get this wall of like, why are you so good? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It makes it easier to step back in and get back to where we were a lot faster, where it might be three months till they're able to. If they're able to come back and see they still have an ally, a disappointed ally, because yeah. I'm not going to hide that. Sure. But I'm still on your team. And even that, that's super important to let people know that. And I think the other thing that's super important is even having a conversation about that, about strategy. Like, yeah. hey, clearly this is not working. No judgment on you, but the things are not happening. And what, do you, what helps you more? It helps you more if I'm a little more of a hard ass. It helps you more if I'm more gentle. It helps you. We have tried this path. Doesn't seem. What else would work for you? Yeah. You know? And I think knowing that they have those possibilities helps immensely. Right. And I think that's like, that's a Taoist concept right there, right? The idea that you don't just go with one size fit all approach to problem solving. Yep you use the approach that helps that one person. And and you ask. And again, the point is there is no judgment about this. It's whatever works, right? So you tell me, if it helps you more for me to take a certain approach, let's try it. If it I don't have an agenda. I don't yeah. give a fuck. I'm just trying to help. If it makes you happy, if it helps you, if you see you want to do it and you just we need to figure out the right weekend, let's do that. Let's figure it out together. Because again, I don't know what works for you. You tell me. I'm just, uh, and I think having that discussion help people relax because otherwise in some cases they just feel ashamed. They feel like a failure. They feel like they can't do it. And that might increase the problem. 
absolutely or it makes them hide from you because they just you are their mirror and they just if i don't show it to him then it's gonna be you know and uh and again that's not the point it's just like okay what what do we try next this one wasn't working great what's the what's the next one did you see um kid name not kid he's in the 30s justin towns earl steve earl's son i didn't he passed away a couple days ago and um lifelong troubles with uh-huh. chemicals i mean going back to i think 15 and a lot of it was his father was so famous and such a big musician that everybody sort of expected like well where's your hits and what's of course, going on? Of course. and he had a great career and he wrote a bunch of songs and he never really was massively popular sure. but he was appreciated and um was so open about his trouble with with drugs yep i man, i finally got him yep and that's just I mean, drugs are, or alcohol are, it sucks, man. It like does. when you have a bad habit and you know it's bad for you and you want to get rid of it and you can't, yeah. it's really horrendous on you. It's horrendous on everybody close to you. It's horrendous on everybody. So it's, yeah, the approach that tend to put the blame on the it's because you suck. I mean, again, some people, there are actually people who respond to that. Yeah. They need to feel that, and then it makes them motivated, and they go, I don't understand that psychology. That's not me. No, that's got to be a small percentage. Just yeah. shitting on somebody is not going to make them better. Totally. But again, generally, it's useful to understand who these people are. Yeah. And again, ask somebody, is that your style? Is that something that you think you respond well to? Because if it is, let's do it. Yeah, I'll definitely scream uh, at you if you need it. I'll be your dominatrix and you <laughs> accordingly. You know? Oh, my God. So, but in any case, moral of the story, I think... Speaking of, uh, well, there are many morals of the story, but one of them is that I'm, as much as I still, I don't want to say that this is my new habit because who knows if I can stick to, you know, I've been pleasantly surprised this past month, but let's see how it works. Taking even as little as 20 minutes a day to close my eyes, focus on my breathing, and one of the things that I did before is that I thought I, I I had this image of like you need to be floating on cloud of incense in a perfect uh, yeah. uh, and then what happens you actually lift position a few and, and uh, float a little bit and sometimes it's literally just like not that different from taking a nap like you're not taking a nap but you're like you know you're breathing you're slowing down all you're doing is you're letting things slow down right and there is a little bit of a reset button in that where now you have just taken that edge from your nervous system dialed it down by a couple of tones where the next thing that pisses you off may piss you off 20 percent less and it's like okay 20 percent less may just be the difference between me overreacting to something and me being able to slow down and handle it Take whatever win you can get. You can be you know? Ram Dass in seven or eight short genera- uh, right. centuries. <laughs> yeah, probably not that, but still, you know, it's like it's... Um, so, I mean, okay, I'm about to say I'm enjoying it. No, I'm not enjoying it because I don't, but I am, uh, I am finding it useful more than I thought it would be. Or, or rather, as good as I imagine it to be result-wise, but not, you know. Well, we'll see. You know, if it keeps that anxiety down, then yeah. it's a win for sure. Hell yeah. That's that one thing. Good. When we were talking about, you know, people with, with chemical issues, it's even tougher for folks that have actual 
mental health issues mm -hmm. because nobody seems to understand that and they act wackadoo or get themselves in trouble and there's really never much forgiveness for that why are you so crazy is not going to fix it right but in this society where we don't do anything to help these folks i just can't imagine getting up every day no are my demons going to show up today yeah or is that trigger that weird trigger that, oh yeah i mean certainly we can treat each other better yeah yeah, yeah, and ourselves. Yeah, and that's important. And treat ourselves too. better too. Like, do the things that are that seem to help you build a healthier, better lifestyle. And it seems so obvious to say, except that half of the time we don't do it. Mm -hmm. And um, and so that's okay. So there are lots of takeaways from that. There's a I lot. I'm going to add one more on the end. It's uh, list making. My wife mm -hmm. is a is a list maker from way back, daily, monthly, yearly. They're always, and she's checking things off. And I always sort of had a good time making fun of it. But um, in these pandemic times where there was like a week went by and I accomplished nothing, yeah, that could not go anymore. Well, So I've started making lists and shit gets done. And the list making, one thing that I find useful, I do that with History on Fire all the time, right? Because sometimes I open a file, I need to start working on this project, and it's so humongous yeah, that I don't know where to this. start. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes is list making in the, the classic, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, yep. right? It's like you, you shrink the task to... 10,000 different parts yep. so that that one part doesn't look that intimidating. I can get that one part done, right? It's yep. like, and that one part is like, well, the next one is pretty short too. I can, I can probably get, and so it's almost like, I don't know if, uh, I remember when I used to run on the treadmill, which is one of the most boring activities ever, but it's, uh, you know, it can be good for you in a lot of ways. And there's no way that I'm going to run for a half hour happy, just whatever, right? So I would play all sort of games with myself where it's like, okay, just push. This is a hard rhythm. I don't think I can keep it going for that much longer, but let's see if I can keep it going for 90 more seconds. Let me see if I can hit the eight-minute mark at this rhythm. And, and when you get to eight minutes and you're like, okay, but now I'm at uh, whatever, one mile point eight. Can I make it last two. until two miles? Yeah. And then, and you're playing this constant game with numbers and math in your head on like whether it's the miles or the time or the this or the that. And so you don't tell yourself, right, run as hard as you can for half hour because it's like the immediate reaction is like, yes, yeah, screw you. No, this is too much. It is run as hard as you can for the next two minutes, for the next third of a mile for the next and then we reevaluate when we get there okay if you feel that we need to tone it down we'll tone it down and maybe we will for 30 seconds but let's see how i've been using the exact same technique i'm writing letters to mm -hmm. people that vote but haven't in a long time that sort of are with my persuasion texas georgia north carolina yep. and i'm trying to do 50 every two days right which is 25 a day That's a lot it is a lot. It's about an hour and 15 minutes to get mm -hmm. that 25 out. And it's the exact same thing. It's like, all right, I got my checklist there, mm -hmm. and I check them off as I go, and I break them down in groups of five. So we're going to knock out nothing gets done in less than a group of five. So you get the first five done. So oh, okay, right. go ahead, straight, get that second five done. Well, now I'm at 10. Yeah. There's only 15 left. Perhaps it's time for a little bit of watermelon yeah. and some tea. Yeah. 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 Change yeah. the music up. That's the other thing. Have good music on. I'm trying to reduce my news consumption. Yep. It's easier said than done. Yeah. But, you know, the NPR has these tiny desk concerts. Have you ever seen those? No. 
they have like this little studio and they'll cram like a whole band in this little and play yeah. pretty much acoustic. And it is every genre. And they had old Cat Stevens on there the other day or Yasuf. I don't know. Right. I don't know his proper new name. And it's just delightful. They're like 12 to 18 minutes. And then the next one switches out and it's familiar stuff, unfamiliar stuff. That in the background. Okay, now I got the next five. Oh, well, we're at 15. So now these next 10, even though I don't want to do them. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 28 minutes away if I just Might focus as well. it. I can almost. And I even have it down to a system now. Like, first day, you do a return address to that state. So yep. if they don't get delivered, they can still. And I'm going to have five or 600 of these ready by the end of October. That's awesome. And if it gets six people to yep. maybe even just go out that day. That's a great start. That's a success. Because yep. it's supposedly going to be seven million of these going out with mine. Right. I'm desperate. I'm not pushing. And the other thing is, it's not even pushing a candidacy or, right. or, or, or a candidate. It's just like, you voted before. I think we think alike. I really hope you go out because... Well, let me mention one thing about that. So, Because um, there is the discussion, you know, one of the most typical discussion, particularly in the U.S., when there's only a two-party system. So it's, uh, hey, it's one away from a one-party system. Yeah, That's something. it sure is. But like the... Um, there's, of course, the argument of does voting for the lesser of two evil just perpetuate the problem or not? And the problem is this. At a national level, at a presidential level, if you think that your protest vote or uh, is going to matter, no, it won't. You right. know, there have been three zillion, like U.S. right now is a painfully low percentage of people voting. It's not that the system yeah. stops because they say, hey, half of the people don't vote. That clearly must mean that 56%. we are doing poor. Nobody cares, right? Yeah. So it's like, unfortunately, at that level, I'm afraid that the lesser of two evil is the way to go because there's a difference between driving the train toward destruction at 50 miles an hour or 500 miles an hour. Um, you're not arguing that one is great. You're not. No. Nope. But it does... I think that's as good as it gets at that level. And if you are animated about the, yeah, but I don't want just the lesser of two evil, I want something better, um, we, I do too. Yeah. I'm totally fine. But I think the way that has actually a realistic chance of happening is uh, at a smaller local level. So if you want a third party, if you want, um, or maybe somebody from one of the major parties, but a little with a little more principles and stuff, those are the guys who can win at a smaller level, yep. at the local election, maybe at state, if you're really lucky. Um, but that's how you build it up. You know, that's you want to have to build. Yeah, it up. you want to build an alternative to the lesser of two evil thing. Forget even. I wouldn't say forget about the presidential election or the big level. You know, in that case, I would say play the game, especially if you're in a battleground state. If you're not, it may be different. But if you're in a battleground state, might as well go for the lesser of two evil. But if you are, but anywhere you are. Focus on the smaller ones. And that's the one where really people don't vote. So to me, it's like if you're going to bitch about we got shitty choices at the presidential level and then that's going to make you not vote in that department. But then you also don't really care for the lower level because what does it matter who wins this city council or this thing? Then you're just giving up all the way. So oh, yeah. to me, it's like that idea of like pushing more principled stances at the smaller level and going for the lesser of two evil at the higher level, I think that's a decent compromise. No, that's a, I mean, that's the way it has to be this time around. And it, it's funny. I mean, a lot of these, you know, even at the House level, yeah, you can get in there with seventy-two thousand votes. 
Yeah, that's not even that much. It's not that crazy. And no. when you're talking about city council? Oh, yeah, it's nothing. If you get out there with a decent message, you're talking 4,000 people? Yeah, totally. Yeah, you're talking about numbers that are so little where you can sway things in a big way. So I think that's where some of these things are really important, where, um, you know, I understand the argument of, because, I mean, every single time there has been a Democratic president I want to throw up, and I'm just like, Jesus Christ, might as well give me a Republican, because it's the same shit. Yep. Then, of course, when I do get a Republican, I'm like, okay. Oh, forgot about that. There's a way to dig, you know, when you reach hell with yeah. a Democratic candidate, there's always a way to dig deeper with a Republican one. It's so impressive. It's, when they hit the bottom, they're like, oh, look, a crack. Yeah. Let's go. So I'm just like, okay. Mm. Then, of course, <laughs> so I mean, in this case, you know, Biden, Trump is like, okay, shoot me now. I get it. You know, it's like, I despise both strongly. But I'm seriously hoping that I get to hate Biden for the next four years because, again, I have no illusion that he's driving the train in a good direction. He's not, but he's driving it slower. <laughs> and sometimes buying you time in the self-destruction process is not a bad idea. So in our random topics, we hop from things to things today. I Unless there was, was there anything else you wanted to throw there about the election? No, I don't want to get into it. It's too <laughs> depressing. To I just don't want to be, nothing we said was wrong right then. And I just don't, who knows, who uh, knows what 65 days are going to bring? I'm going to, uh, we, fantastic timing. And I swear this was no way, shape or form intentional. I am releasing uh, two episodes about uh, stories of Italian resistance to fascism Important. before the election mm -hmm. in uh, you know World War II Italy, and then three episodes about John Brown and the lead up to the Civil War right after the election. And I swear I wasn't thinking of that in any way, shape, or form. But I don't know. The, still, wind, the wind blows suddenly. Yeah, hmm. there's a, <laughs> there's an interesting one. But okay, so let's hop on a different topic. I had, um, I posted this a long time ago, like many months ago on Facebook, and um, got me thinking a little bit that, you know, I was thinking about my experiences of the last uh, few years. And uh, of course, you know, after like the whole being a single father gig obviously wasn't easy. And I'm not going to pretend that it was because obviously it wasn't. And, you know, I had definitely have had help along the way. You know, my mom, Savannah, had sweet for my dad came coming from Italy sometime. A uh, couple of sweet ladies, Lizelle Gaspi, Jamie Ludovic. They were awesome, right? Everybody has helped a little bit, but ultimately still, you know. Sure. Somebody can lighten the load a little bit, but ultimately 90% of the gig falls back on my shoulders. And that's fine. That's just where it's at. But like the thing that I found interesting about that is that 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 give me extra tremendous respects for single moms. Oh my god! Because as a single father, people treated me like some kind of a rock star because I was doing this, right? Because it's like, oh my god, you're doing, you're a hero because you're 
doing the exact same thing that single moms are expected to do all the time. By the millions. Yeah, but as a father, because it's un- granted it's a little more unusual, then it's like there's something heroic about it, which again, it doesn't make you less tired. It doesn't make you, but it helps. You know, having people kind of cheer you on and have this sense of like, you're doing a phenomenal thing. You are great. It's like... Okay. Keep it coming. Yeah, Keep it coming. It, it's nice, right? And I can't think too many cases where the same thing applies to a single mom, especially, you know, and again, it's different if you are, a lot of this stuff is different whether it's by choice or not, because, you know, if you have been in a nasty custody battle with some poor bastard who actually is not a bad father, then you're, you're being a single mom. Yeah, it may not be the best thing ever that you went about it the wrong way. But even in plenty of cases of single moms, it happened because of death, it happened because the guy was a monster, it happened because 10 million other things. The fact that it's expected, that it's kind of like, well, of course, you know, it's like, uh, just stop complaining and get on with it. It's like, man, that's hard. That's that's really hard. Like, I, I literally had people who down the street from where I used to live in Long Beach, where I would just take these long-ass walks with Isabella strapped to my chest in one of those baby Bjorn thing kind of stuff. There was this lady who, uh, every time she was, like, she would hang out on her balcony to catch the breeze and stuff, and she would see us walk by, and she would just yell at us, like, you are great, uh, best father in the world. It was totally sweet, goofy and bizarre, but totally sweet, right? And I'm just like, yeah, there's no way in hell that a single mom would have gotten that treatment. No. You know, that just, you know, the same exact, it could be down to the exact same percentage of dedication to my child that they have to their child. You would have been like, yeah, whatever. Okay, that's just what's expected of you. And so single moms who take care of their kids with minimal support and little acknowledgement are badass heroes there's no argument in my mind about that and and we have it pretty swell out here can you imagine the single mom with three kids that's in an apartment in new york with no window yeah. and just and i bet she did it because they dig deep totally. most of the time totally. surely there's the, the ones that just crash of and course. burn but i think the majority none of us would be here if mama wasn't there to kind of keep us on track yeah and why would that not be one of society's most important things to support yeah yeah i mean you know i'm not talking about food stamps and the snap sure, programs sure. that makes sense but i've been even more of a scale yeah i don't know still pushing for my not in the covid days but the combo old folks home I and remember. and, and it, it seems more than ever especially you're never going to have that lady on the corner that has six of the neighborhood kids that, you know, she's helping everybody else right. out. And they give her a little money and it works out really well. If we scaled that up and used the actual human potential we have all over this country, yep. we could have amazing things. Yeah. And of course, you know, single dad or anybody who yeah. steps up, whether they are a blood relative or not, in some cases, who step up and help some kid who doesn't have the necessary attention and all of that is is doing awesome right but yeah. it's uh in gaining some there's clearly a gender bias where in this case with men it's a heroic thing that's unusual with women is just expected and the reality is that the hours of the night that you don't sleep are the same the amount of energy that you spend is the same uh, so that the, part the is, part of uh, your life you waste making a fake mission uh-huh. in school i think it's fourth or fifth grade where they oh yeah, yeah. 
come on. Yeah, that's... We're celebrating Junipero Serra? Yeah, yeah, that's bizarre. What a great guy. <laughs> on that note, our <laughs> proud former sponsor was doing a thing uh, oh. about how wonderful Junipero Serra was and all of that. Really? Uh, yeah, of course, because it's like... If you don't go full on, it doesn't count. You know, if you don't straighten them savages out, That's they're going to continue to enjoy their nice lives without taxation. Junipero Serra, for those of you guys who don't know, he was one of the key figures in establishing the mission system in California. The mission system in California is trippy because, you know, if you go to one of the missions, they are pretty, you know, they oh, are big beautiful old Catholic churches. You get married at one in, in, in Totally. They are seen as this romantic locale where people have their weddings and stuff. The stuff that I have, and again, the history is so glossed over, it's not even funny, oh, both yeah. at the missions as well as when you do like California history in school, live for the kids who are in school in California. The reality is so ugly. Oh. But so ugly. One of DeSoto my, wasn't a good guy? When I, when I teach uh, this stuff in class and I bring up the missions, because, you know, even especially people who grew up here have no idea. Yeah. I'm all like, yeah, the architecture is beautiful and stuff, but it's kind of like, you know, if, uh, if once you know what was going on inside, it's sort of like Auschwitz with nice architecture rather mm -hmm. than a nasty architect. Because... With a good chunk of uh, plantation. Yeah, and a, they all... Hey, what are those nice horse stables back there? Oh, those aren't horse stables. Yeah, because uh, the whole thing was built on slave system. Yep. You know, it was in inviting native tribes to trade, enslave them. Uh, you use their labor to build the mission, and then you squeeze their labor out of them to make the mission self-sufficient. And then destroy um, their culture and make them learning uh, Spanish. Absolutely. Beat the hell out, kill them if they try to escape, uh, beat the hell out of them for every little infraction, which are many on a rate. And there are two kinds of violence. There's the violence from the soldiers that just pure abuse. It's like, yeah, I have power over you, so I'll rape you and do whatever I want. And then there are the priests who are usually more committed, who are like, no, how dare you do these things to these people that were trying to convert? Let me protect them. But then they add their layer of violence. The, uh, I mean, Junipero Serra was a dude who would whip himself on a regular basis for discipline. So can you think he's going to have too many problems whipping some Indian kids because it's good for them? Nope. Is, so if you are native in the missions, you get horrendously abused by the soldiers because they're assholes. Or you get horrendously abused by the priests because they love you. The difference is so profound that it's like... I'm getting a bit dizzy just trying to contemplate it. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, the idea of keeping a bunch of natives in close contact with Europeans turned into a death camp because people died like flies because of diseases, uh, plus the slavery, plus... So, you know, when you put it all together, the story of the missions is so dark, so ugly. Yeah, it's, there those copper or those rusty bells along the freeway are yeah, to remind you you're passing yet another one. To give you an idea, like by the time the missions came around in California, there were about 300,000 native people in California. By the end of the mission system, there were half. It was a 50% cut from uh, violence, slavery, diseases, and the whole thing. So it's, um, yeah, the notion, and Pero said, I. Don't remember he was up for sainthood. I don't remember if they made him a saint or not, but yeah, it was one of the stories that is like, yeah, that's not my idea of a saintly figure. That's for sure. That's a tough one. I mean, think how, think the difference of one generation that you're a nice Chumash family yeah. and 
you know, you could be the hill people, you could yep. be the ocean people, and they would trade and have these festivals, and it just had to be incredible. And yeah. I'm not saying it was easy. Sure. There wasn't any AC, but they didn't know about that, so it wasn't a problem. But I just I imagine that that was a fantastic life to yeah. be so associated, you know, still woven into nature, not trying to rule it. Now, the mission system <sighs> fucked them up. Yeah. But then what comes later in a perfect one-two combo after Mexico is out of the picture, Spain is out of the picture with the Mexican Revolution, that Mexico got kicked out by the U.S. as the U.S. take over California. Is it gold rush time? Gold rush time. Mm. The gold mm. rush is the one case... I mean, people use the word genocide kind of loosely because there are plenty of things that happen in the conflict between Euro-Americans and natives that don't really meet the definition of genocide. Yes, there is a tremendous wipeout of the population, but usually there is no concerted plan by the government to just wipe out the entirety. I mean, of a no, group. No advertisements for scalps yeah. in, in the San Francisco Chronicle in yeah. 1846. But that's exactly the thing. When it comes to California, yeah. that's blatant. That's literally, you have not only the newspapers calling it what it was, which was a war of extermination, the governor calling it as uh, the sooner we get done, the better. And it is the best part because technically the federal government never said, yes, we're in favor of genocide. There were some senators that were complaining about this and everything. But ultimately, it was the federal government that refunded the state of California for financing these death squads going in and destroying all the villages. So... If you want to look for a clear-cut case of genocide in the Americas, California mm. from the end, like 1950s, 1960s, sorry, 1850s, 1860s, yeah. it's textbook genocide. That one, so no wonder you don't see like California native tribes sort of disappear from the scene because they are, for one, there was less than 10% of the people left by the time the gold rush was over. Um, on top of it, these were people who had you know, their culture destroyed, their land base destroyed, their lifestyle destroyed. So as bad as people in many other tribes had it, it was a cakewalk compared to California, where really they sort of disappear from the record until in the 90s they legalized casinos on reservations. So suddenly having big casinos close to big population centers is a money-making thing. Suddenly it's a deal. But until then, you basically never even heard that there were Native American tribes in California because it's the history of that is so nasty. <sighs> the embarrassments just keep mounting. I was debating on whether to do a History on Fire episode on California Native stuff, but I'm like, you know what? It's depressing to a point <laughs> that I don't know that I want to subject people to two-hour episode of that just to reach the conclusion of, uh, yeah, it sucked, it was horrible, no redeeming quality. There's no happy story to tell. There's not even a great defiant story to tell. It's just getting kicked in the balls for two hours and it's over. I, I was like, I <laughs> and don't all you got is sore balls. Think, you can't even help fix anything. I don't think I dislike my listeners like that. I think I don't want to do that to them. It is amazing seeing the 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 secrets sort of unfurl. I mean, Tulsa was an amazing thing. Oh yeah, it's amazing how many. I had no idea. Yep. And were you aware of that? Vaguely. Like, kind of heard of in an internet article once type of thing. Yeah. And, you know, and I teach you as history. Yeah. And then I learned about the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. turn of the century, 10,000 at least they killed, and those are the ones they kept track of. Oh, yeah. Both uh, Native Americans and Mexicans. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. 
Yeah, no, it's pretty interesting. Wild <sighs> stuff. But um, how did we end up on this joyful topic? I don't know. It was probably my fault. <laughs> I've been trying. I've been trying to keep it up, man. But it's just like, wow. And I worry, man. I've never been worried on the scale of what's going to go down. And I guess that goes back to our point, right? Bite-size, actionable things. Yes. When he feels overwhelming, when he feels depressing, whether it's the weight of history, whether it's the weight of your life, whether it's your personal problems. If you start thinking about the size of the problem... You're never going to get there. No. You get crushed and fall into horrendous depression. So sometimes it's like... Bite size. What can I do to bring? Uh, okay, right now that person next to me. How can I make them smile for the next thirty-five seconds? Okay, you pull that off. That yep. was good. You added some joy to the to the universe. That was a win. Now pick another thirty-second project. Pick another five-minute project. Pick another. Again, don't look at the long haul of how many miles you still have to run. They are way too many. Don't focus on the destination just one piece at a time that next step that's all there is just that next step somebody had a great little run i can't remember exactly what it was it was it was something by the mile but a cinch by the inch so that's the gig yeah there you go so rather than being depressed let's try that out on the happy note shall we say goodbye to the sweet folks goodbye sweet folks <laughs> i hope to see you on the other side Do have a safe up? trip my friend thank you man we Thank don't have to give details, but... Yeah, I'm going to be I, gone all of September. Yeah. I'm maybe in a rowboat trying to join you. Right. <laughs> one of those refugees getting pushed back out to sea. Get out of here! What do you think? <laughs> exactly. Funky music means one thing. That's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken Dallas podcast. This is the end of 188. I didn't take a single note. I was just upset the whole time. Uh, come on. We did something good. No, I think it was a good one. Yeah. I, I like all this. I mean, if nothing else, if things go terrible, we are going to finally explode. And that's if we, the good part? Well, it's the only way I'm going to survive. Oh, I see. But I think people will be looking for answers yeah and there's no not gonna be any reason to be watching fox news or msnbc anymore the decisions will be made and there'll be nothing to do right so yeah so let's do a no murderous exit let's at least, do our at least you have a place to hide yeah. there's nowhere i can go right no one will take us yeah. we're already examining new zealand right australia does not want us go to costa rica <sighs> yeah actually my friend will already has a timeshare there he loves it so anyway, motorboat, yeah. Italy, here I come. Salve for the pained soul in these hard times as we quickly approach what could be the most insane November in the history of a good while. Yeah, 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 yeah. We shall see how that works. But again, I'm not looking too far. I'm looking at my next week, which is already crazy enough. Yep. So that's where I'm at. Uh, shout out to the sweet folks to which we gave a more extended shout out at the intro. Uh, sure design t-shirts grasslandbeef.com zebraathletics.com and beyond o2water.com what a great list um, they give us some sweet products 
I can tell you that much. So whether you are in need of uh, chicken, water, beef, food, that kind of stuff, amazing clothes. water, mats for a home workout setup, or great T-shirts, we got you covered. I think we need to find somebody that does uh, fire starters or maybe a flint set or maybe a knife with a nice flint set in it. That could be a good survival thing because we got food, water, and clothing right? covered. We're pretty good. You know what I badly, badly want to get hooked up with, but so far I haven't had any luck. Please tell me. Uh I want, and those things are expensive, man. I want the sauna. Oh um, yeah! Uh, I find Put it that over there in the corner. The dry heat of the. I've read crazy research about the health benefits of saunas. I I want to just go cook in the sauna on a regular basis. That's um, oh. that's one you, of the goals. What do you think of those cryo dips where you're getting that icy ass cold water? I mean, yeah, I do that I with tried, the shower but now. Yeah, some people. Like, love in the it. shower, I cut it over to the cold, but I don't know. They're like so cold that your feet are frozen in yeah. two minutes. That. Can that really be good? Apparently, people say it's phenomenal for inflammation, but uh-huh. I don't know. I haven't tried. Well, we'll put out for that sauna agreement. And um, cool. please, please go visit Kiva.org. And that's it. Perfect. That's a wrap. Thank you guys so much. Sweet. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Daniele at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le providenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, huh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been yeah, having a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. Completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're right? outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's so. Let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and uh, uh, your accent? It just whatever that movie is you were trying to tell. Can me you about, translate for me, please? I believe the word was tombstone. Yeah, that one exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought. <coughs> sorry. Well. <coughs> We'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. (laughs) That's a bit too powerful. (laughs) What do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss. Why?